do the hard thing. Like whatever it is for you, pull the trigger. Like do the thing. Like make the commitment. Like that's always the catalyst. Like make the commitment, right? Sign up for the 5K or the marathon, right? Or sign up for the coaching program or commit to doing the thing. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today, bringing you another solo episode. This time, it's about a client retreat that I hosted over, uh, this is in late May, 2021. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but I hosted this retreat. First time that I brought my clients together in this fashion. It was absolutely incredible. Some amazing takeaways. And my goal for this episode is for you to benefit from the same takeaways that all of the attendees benefited from. So that's what I'm going to give you today. I'm going to give you seven takeaways from this retreat. Now, everybody who was part of the retreat, they are called Pathfinders, right? They're graduates of my program called Reveal Your Path. And they are part of my inner circle and they signed up for this retreat because they wanted to go deeper. They wanted to connect in person. These are folks from all over the country and they wanted to connect in person. So we held this live event. So what does it mean to be a Pathfinder? So let me just read you the Pathfinder credo. So you have an understanding of what it means to be a Pathfinder. So first of all, these are folks who come to me because you know they feel like they have more potential in them. They feel like they're leaving too much on the table. They, they know there's no time left to underperform. They feel like the clock is ticking on their life and they want to get to that next level. They know there's more in them. They want to have success, but not success in one area of their life at the expense of everything else, right? They want to be amazing, you know, spouses and parents. They want to be great family members. They want to be healthy and fit. They want to be successful at work. They want to crush it. They want to make a lot of money, but they don't want to sacrifice one thing for another. And they're looking for clarity. They're looking for consistency. They want to be more focused. They want to have balance. So these are the things that they come to me for. And this is the stuff that we work on and we're consistently, constantly working on this stuff and helping them improve in these areas. But when you graduate the program, you become a pathfinder. And here's what it means to be a pathfinder. Here's the pathfinder credo. Are you ready? I am a pathfinder, a seeker, a dreamer, a competitor. I get things done. People say I'm crazy and I'm hardheaded, that I'm wired just a little bit differently, but you can't deny me. I raise the bar. I set a new standard. I create a path where there once was none. I live by my values and strive for my goals. I know what to say no to because I know what to say yes to. I am a leader. I reveal this path to those who follow. I am a pathfinder. That's what it means to feel that clarity, that confidence, that knowledge that you are on your path, your path, and your path is not the same as anybody else's in the world. This helps you stop comparing yourself. This helps you stop having goals that are aligned with what you see on social media or what's parked in your neighbor's driveway. This helps you understand what you should be saying yes to and what you should be saying no to. This gives you clarity and confidence in moving forward. So if you want to become a Pathfinder, you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call with me. Go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. I can share with you the different ways to become a Pathfinder, but that's really a coaching call. I mean, it's not a sales call. It's, it's a coaching call. So you get the benefit. You get to kick the tires and, and understand what it means to work with a coach. It's also a way for me to get to know you a little bit, make sure you're the right fit. It's an amazing community of people. And I just always like to make sure I'm bringing in the right folks to, uh, to keep this community growing with folks who I know I can get results with, and I know you're going to have an amazing experience. But next year, the event is going to take place the weekend before Memorial Day. So it's May 
20th through 22nd. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, May 20th through 22nd, 2022. Now the attendees this year, I'll just give first names of the 12 people who attended. It was Mark, Matt, John, Jared, Jeff, Ryan, Dave, Dan, Lisa, Cody, Logan, and Craig. You guys know who you are. Thank you for attending. That was absolutely amazing. We also had two amazing special guests, Dr. Josh Spodek, who I interviewed twice back in episodes number 89. And then again, in 196, he lives in New York City. So it was easy for him to join us in Princeton. Absolutely incredible having him there. He's like the smartest guy alive. I think he has five Ivy League degrees. He's written multiple books on leadership and initiative and things like that. Just absolutely incredible. And he shared some things. And there's a big takeaway that most of my Pathfinders actually had around being consistent, like how to be consistent. This was a huge breakthrough that Josh shared that most of the Pathfinders shared with me as their biggest takeaway from the event. So stick around to the end of the episode and we're going to share that. I think it's going to be a breakthrough for you as well on how to be consistent. And the second special guest was Dr. Nate Zinzer. He is the director of performance at West Point. This guy is one of the OGs of performance psychology. It was, he was in performance psychology before it was called performance psychology. He started with West Point back in 1992, shared some amazing stories, amazing insights in terms of you know, visualization in the real world and how to get the most out of yourself. So I'm going to share at least one takeaway from Dr. Zinzer as well. So anyway, we had two incredible guests. Next year's event, I don't know how I'm going to raise the bar, but I'm going to raise the bar. It's going to be even more incredible. If you want to get some pictures and kind of see what that event was like, you can go to my Instagram. Just follow me, Jim Harsher Jr. over on Instagram. We'll have some of those pictures in the action plan as well. Go to jimharsherjr.com slash action and we'll plug some of those photographs from the event in the action plan. Or, you know, like I said, on my Instagram, you can scroll back to May 22nd, 2021. Again, I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but this took place May 22nd, 2021. Like I said, make sure you listen the whole way to the end. There's a really big breakthrough on consistency. Before I share these seven takeaways, two things. Number one, take a screenshot right now. If you're listening to this on your phone or you're even on your computer, take a screenshot or snap a photo, post this on Instagram, tag me, post it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. We'll start a conversation there. Love to interact with you. And the second thing is a rating and review. I'd love to have your rating and your review. Love to hear that feedback. The more ratings and reviews, especially five-star ones, the more people are likely to listen to the show and the more this message reaches more people. So Thank you. Thank you for considering doing that. All right, here we go. So number one takeaway, I tell you what, we hosted this in Princeton, New Jersey in what mid to late May, and it was hot. It was in the nineties. So that was my first takeaway that Princeton, New Jersey can be hot in May, brutally hot, but actually that's not one of, that's not the first takeaway. I've got seven actual takeaways for you. All right. So here's the first one. For me personally, thinking about hosting this event, you know, this was during COVID. Hopefully, we're at the tail end of COVID here, right? Shots are going in arms pretty consistently now. And but when I was putting this together and planning this, I was like, man, I wanted to do a full weekend event, and then I was going to cancel it, and then I determined I'm just going to do a one day event where it's going to be all outside. And it was just, man, just the logistics and the thoughts and the fear that went into like, actually, do I do this? Do I not do it? Do I push it back later in the year? Do I just do one in the fall? Or, but I wanted to pull the trigger and get this done sooner rather than later. Didn't want to keep delaying it, but I did it, right? I pulled the trigger. I did something that was outside of my comfort zone. I've always said like, I hate hosting events. Like I hate running events. And this mindset came from running wrestling tournaments, right? You know, been a tournament director for many, many wrestling tournaments, and it's just, it's stressful. There's always fires to put out. No matter how much you prepare, there's always 
last minute fires to put out. Well, I hired an event planner for this. Plus my assistant helped me. My wife, Allie helped me. Lots of friends and whatnot gave me feedback on different things. And we created an amazing event. We took care of all the logistics in advance. Yes, there were fires to put out day of, but they were pretty minimal because we planned well. But also, this was just freaking amazing for me to, to be able to bring people together. I knew that the magic would happen, but it was scary. So my first takeaway is like, pull the trigger, like do the hard thing, like whatever it is for you, pull the trigger, like do the thing, like make the commitment. Like that's always the catalyst, like make the commitment, right? Sign up for the 5k or the marathon, right? Or sign up for the coaching program or commit to doing the thing, right? Whatever that thing is, make the commitment. When you make the commitment, you follow through, you'll be amazed at what you are capable of. Paint yourself into a corner. I mean, commit to doing something. You know, Back in episode 163 interview with Navy SEAL Rourke Denver, he said one of the biggest takeaways I've had and big piece of advice that he always shares is when his daughter says, mommy, that's hard. She always says, his, his wife will say to his daughter, you can do hard things. Well, I'm saying that to you, the listener, like you can do hard things. That's my number one takeaway. You can do hard things, make the commitment, do that thing that scares you, that puts you outside of your comfort zone. That's where growth happens. I am so stoked now for the next event because I know that I can do this. I know that I can make it even better. So can you take the next step make the commitment to that thing, whatever that thing is for you, right? And here's another thing, I'll be honest for me, and this is really still under this first bullet point of the biggest takeaway, my language, like I need to change my language. I've said, I hate running events, right? I'm not good at running events. I need to change my language around that. And I actually started doing that in the weeks leading up to this event. I kind of caught myself going, oh, I hate running events, telling people, oh, I got this client retreat coming up. Man, I hate running events because it's like stressful. And like, first of all, I, I started changing my language around that saying, yeah, I'm starting to enjoy running events. And I feel like we have things pre-dialed in for this event. And I started changing my language and it was an amazing day and it was an amazing event. I had so much fun actually even looking back, planning it was fun. It was stressful, especially in the early going, but I had a team, my, my business coach actually helped me as well with that. I built that team around me, right? This is the environment of excellence, which is part of the Reveal Your Path program. I had the environment of excellence. I don't have to go it alone and I didn't. And because of that, it was amazing. So I need to change my language, right? I need to take a dose of my own medicine around this because I created an event that was really, really amazing. Actually, I'll give you one piece of feedback. Here's something that one of my clients said, I think this really sums up the whole experience for a lot of folks, but here's a quote from one of the clients. This is a, an email that he sent me a few days later. He said, Jim, it was great. I feel rebooted. He said, I came in feeling buried by the demands of work and everything we've taken on around the house, along with the desire to still find quality time with my wife and the kids in between. Driving home, I felt like I was lifted above it all and not stuck inside. I felt less stressed about the long list of to-dos and instead ready to embrace the next step. Like that's what he got out of this. That's a big takeaway for me, right? So what is that thing for you that you have to commit to? That scary thing. You'll be surprised at what you're capable of. So that was number one. Number two, second big takeaway. There was a scenario, okay? So I painted this sort of pseudo survival scenario. It's a real life scenario that real men and women have actually had to live through. And real men and women have actually died in these survival situations, not in a, not in like retreats like this, but in actually the real life situation like this. And in one instance, 
during this scenario that, that was carried out throughout the day, there was a bear that came into their camp as part of the story and ransacked their camp and took their food. Basically, they were stranded in wilderness. And interesting takeaway from one of the people in the group, right? And so basically what I was asking folks is to consider like, how would you react to this? How would you react to you're in a life and death situation? You're just trying to survive. You're trying to get home to your family. And then this happens. Like, how do you react? And this is how one group reacted as we did an after action review at the end of the day over a meal and some drinks and whatnot. And it was pretty interesting. Cody, this was actually Cody, Cody mentioned this and he said to the group, you know what? Now we know there's a source of food out there, right? Cause the bear came through and like stole a couple of rabbits that they had theoretically hunted and killed for food. And they're like, now we got a huge source of food. We got a bear out there. Let's go kill this thing right? You can flip that on its head and go, oh, this sucks. Now it's dangerous. You know, we know there's a bear in the area and he's going to be a nuisance. Like, no, we can go kill this thing and eat it. Right. So one of my favorite movies of all time was The Edge with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. I'm going to include a clip in the action plan. It's like the best clip of any movie ever. It's a minute and 15 seconds. You got to watch this. It's right in line with, you know, killing this bear that's trying to hunt these guys down when they're trying to survive in the wilderness. Coolest clip ever, probably best line in a movie ever. It's rated R, this line, So, uh, you, but you got to check it out. But the takeaway is, how do you look at challenges? How would you look at that kind of challenge? Would you say, hey man, food, there's food here now. Now we know there's a big source of food. Sure, it's not going to be easy to kill this thing, but now we know there's an opportunity out there. For me, personally, early in the pandemic, I lost a lot of business really quickly. Within a few days, I had a couple clients say they were going to come on board with the coaching program. They said, no, nope, Jim, we might lose our job next week. All my in-person speaking gigs got taken off the table, of course, because all the in-person speaking and events you know, just disappeared. And man, I faced some real anxiety in that moment. I'm like, is this life moving forward? Right? And then I flipped it on its head and I said, wait a second, where's the opportunity here? Like, what if, what if, it's a crazy thing to ask. What if this is the greatest opportunity ever in my business? What might that look like? And it hit me. It was staring me in the face. Now I can speak virtually to groups and teams and companies all over the world on Zoom. And I did that. As a matter of fact, the one Zoom that I did was a multinational company that we had people on the call from the United States. There were some in Europe, some in China. I was talking to 300 plus people on a Zoom call all over the world. I couldn't have done that before the pandemic. They wouldn't have been open to something like that before the pandemic, right? Huge opportunities came out of that. So how about you? How do you look at challenges? Can you look at your challenge, whatever challenge you're facing right now and say, wow, this could be the greatest opportunity ever for me. Are you willing to actually ask yourself that? All right. So that was the second one. Let's move on to the third one. We did an exercise and we were in the woods and there was kind of a clearing in the woods. And I said, stand at one tree, look across the field at another tree. It was about 50 yards away. I said, look at that tree. Now close your eyes and walk straight towards it. Just going by guess you know, with your eyes closed. And we had somebody standing next to them in case they, you know, went too far off course just for safety reasons, but everybody veered off course. Everybody veered off and ended up in a very different spot than they thought they were going to end up. Then I said, okay, take this compass and look down at the compass and use only the compass 
to guide you there. And actually to completely block their vision, a lot of the guys would put their head in the, inside their shirts to completely obscure their vision. They couldn't have any peripheral vision and they looked at the compass kind of under their shirt. So they were completely going by compass alone. Like they stood at the first tree, went, looked at the second tree, took a compass reading and just trusted the compass instead of trusting themselves, right? Instead of just kind of going, you know, blind on this and they all hit the tree. They all hit the next benchmark across the field, right? When they were following the compass, what is your compass? What is your guide? What are you using in your life as your compass? Listen, you can't close your eyes and go it blind. And most people do. Pathfinders, they have their compass. They know what their core values are. They have clearly aligned goals that align with those core values. What about you? Like, do you have that compass? Like, what is guiding you? What is helping you make those decisions? I'm a scuba diver. I'm actually, I got the advanced open water scuba diving. So there's sort of the basic and then the advanced. And to do the advanced, you have to you do some different tasks. And one of them was uh, a search and rescue simulation. And well, what we did, we went about 30 feet deep and it was murky water kind of near the edge of the, uh, the body of water. It was actually in Guatemala in a lake called Lago Atitlan. And it was 5,000 foot elevation was the surface of the lake. Really amazing. There's volcanoes all around and like hot mud bubbling with, you know, volcanic mud and whatnot. It was just an absolutely incredible place to scuba dive. But one of the things that we did during the certification was learn how to use a compass, learn how to navigate with a compass underwater. And man, it was the weirdest thing. You would be looking at this compass and you know your compass reading. You know you would head, let's say, south, right? Due south. And as you're traveling, you feel like, man, I should be heading right. I feel like I'm drifting off to the left, so I need to go right. But the compass says I need to go south. So I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to trust the compass and not myself. Right. And so when you trust that, when you create that compass, when you build that compass, you'll hit your mark. But if you don't, if you're just swimming through that murky water and you're not looking at a compass and you don't have a guide, you're going to drift, you're going to drift off course and you're not going to hit your target. Sure. You'll make progress. You might get a little bit closer, but you're not going to hit your mark. You have to take the time to create that compass. And that's what this exercise was about. And that was a huge takeaway for a lot of the pathfinders who told me after the event, well, you know, this was one of the biggest takeaways. Quick interruption. If you like what you're hearing here and you want to learn how you can implement this into your life, just go to jimharshajr.com slash apply to see how you can get a free one-on-one coaching session with me. That's jimharshajr.com slash apply. Now back to the show. All right, that's number three. Let's go to number four. We had these two amazing guests, right? I invited them to come and join us. They jumped at the opportunity, right? And this was pretty last minute when I asked them. So they came because they knew they could be part of something special. And these 12 clients who showed up, they also knew that they could be part of something special. But more importantly, they wanted to be part of a community. They wanted to be part of an amazing group of people. They wanted to learn from others. They know they don't have to do it alone. And they all knew that by coming together as a community of learners, a community of people who are struggling with their own challenges, personally, professionally, but also crushing it in their own ways, they knew that they would be better for it. Like, where's your community? Who's part of your community? Who's part of your environment of excellence? That was a huge part of this whole experience. Now, all these folks are connected. I mean, some of them are, have already been connected for years, really, through some of these mastermind groups that we have and whatnot. But a lot of them are in different groups, and most of them had never met each other, let alone these amazing guests that came. But we left as a community. 
we left as a team. Everybody has even more people in their network, amazing people in their network, who they can lean on personally and professionally. Absolutely fascinating. People want to be part of a community. Find your community. Again, if you want to be part of this one, jump on a call with me, jimharsherjr.com slash action. But it's really important that you have that in your life, right? When I reflect back on my life as an all-American wrestler, like I couldn't have done the hard things and dealt with the failures and the setbacks and the adversity, not to mention just showing up at practice every day, which it's freaking hard. You know, you're bleeding every day and that's if you're winning, you know, I mean, I couldn't have done it without a community of people around me, right? Without the coach, coaches, without the teammates holding me accountable, I'm accountable to them. They're accountable to me. You got to have that team, you know? It's easy to see that in sports where the stakes are higher. In your life right now, the stakes are far higher than winning some trophy or some award or something like that. The stakes are higher. Your family, your livelihood, your life, your hopes, your dreams, your wishes. Find your community. All right, that was number four. Number five, as I said, these folks were high performers. These people come together. They're pretty darn amazing people, but they all struggle with similar things. Consistency, focus balance, mindset. They all know that they need to level up in those areas. Now, if you're sitting there going, yeah, but people who have a lot of money or people who are like super fit, like they don't struggle with those things. You're wrong. They do. It's an everyday challenge. It's an everyday battle. And you look from the outside in, you go, man, they are just, they're locked in. They're consistent. They're focused. They're balanced. It's things are just easier for them. No. They're not. They have the tools. They have the infrastructure. They have the framework to deal with this kind of thing and maximize their potential. It's not easy. It's simpler. It's not easy. So here's the takeaway. You're not alone. You're not alone. If my podcast reveals anything to you, success through failure, people fail along the way to success. It's not easy. You're not alone. All right, that's number five. Two left. The last one's going to be a breakthrough for you. All right, here's number six out of seven. I've often talked about the difference between hard work and inspired action. Like when I was wrestling, yeah, it was freaking hard work. I mean, it was brutal, but it's not fair to call it hard work. Like I was voted the team's hardest worker my sophomore, junior, senior seasons. I was voted the hardest worker on the team. Was it really hard work? Like if you asked me to dig ditches or do something I wasn't inspired to do, I couldn't have done it but I was inspired to do this work. I was inspired to endure pain, suffering, losing 22 pounds in two and a half days for weigh-ins. That was a miserable experience. <laughs> but in episode 120, I go more deeply into the difference between hard work and inspired action and how to turn your hard work into inspired action or how to find that inspired action for you. But there's a difference there. And this was a takeaway from Dr. Zinzer, the director of performance at West Point. He said, you don't need to suffer to be trying your best. Actually, it's the opposite. You want to find your flow, that flow state for you. So you can operate in a focused way and it's almost like effortless. And oftentimes we're just, we're trying too hard. You have to find that flow state. And for me, because my goals were so much in alignment with my values, I was able to get into a flow state. Now it wasn't easy to say, okay, stop what you're doing and go to practice but it was my identity. It was who I was and what I did. Like I didn't have to like 
struggle with like, okay, am I going to smoke a pack of cigarettes or am I going to go to wrestling practice? Like, no, like I, my identity already told me that I was a wrestler. And that's what I do. Go to wrestling practice. And once I got there, I was able to get into the flow state. Right. And even the biggest match of my life, when I'm wrestling the fourth ranked wrestler in the country, he's from university of Minnesota. They were ranked number one in the country that year. They still hate me because they would have won the national championship had their guy beat me in that match. I've actually talked to their coaches a couple of times since then, but anyway, great people. But in that match, it, it wasn't hard. Yeah. It was probably the most exhausted I'd ever been in a match. I laid there. I envisioned myself like jumping up, throwing my arms in the air, celebrating, but I literally peeled myself up off the mat. I was so exhausted. I couldn't even stand up. I literally rested on my knee for a few moments and looked over at my coaches and before I could finally get enough energy to, to actually stand up to my feet. But I was in a flow state. That's where you want to be. That's the goal of performance psychology. And that's what Dr. Zinzer shared. All right. So we, again, I go deeper into that episode 120, if you want to listen to that one. All right. That was number six. Here's the seventh and final takeaway. Are you ready? Josh Spodek. This was emailed to me quite a bit by several pathfinders afterwards in, in various formats in terms of their biggest takeaway. Like I said, I interviewed Josh back in episode 89 and then again in 196. Josh and I have become friends, met up a couple of times. And he does this thing called a SIDCHA, self-imposed daily challenging healthy activity. S-I-D-C-H-A. It's something we do in our private Facebook community with all my Pathfinders. But he, and he's done this for, I don't even remember how many thousands of days. He's done his Sid Shah. He does burpees. He started off with, I think, like 10 burpees years ago. And he's added one more every once in a while. He adds one more. And he does them every single day. And so for him, adding like going from 10 to 11 isn't adding one burpee. It's actually adding 365 burpees a year. And he's done this very consistently. And he's added some other Sid Chas, like cold showers and whatnot. Not every day, but he has some like sort of weekly Sid Chas. And he's coined this term, right? This phrase Sid Cha. And people think he's extreme, but he's actually, he looks at other people and says, well, the average American watches over four hours of television a day. That's extreme. Like, how do you define extreme? Right? That's how he defines extreme. Like he talks about these habits, determining the habits that you can do daily or weekly or monthly, whatever that is for you, right? It really is about the daily habits, but this is a key takeaway. You don't want to set your habits, whatever habits they are that you're trying to set. Like every day I want to work out or journal or meditate or pray or read a devotional or whatever that might be. Determine what you can do, not on your best day, but start with your worst day, that worst day, that hard day when you know, the example Josh used was, you know, when you have a terrible day at work and you come home and you want to kick the dog and actually he didn't use that phrase, but, uh, you know, that, I'll, I'll interpret a little bit, right? You, know, you come home, you want to kick the dog and you're like tired and grumpy. And that's the day. Do you want to set your Sid Shaw around, right? Start low. Jake Herbert, friend of mine, Olympian, Olympic wrestler, world silver medalist, NCAA champion. He was part of one of my mastermind groups at one point. He was kind of sharing with some folks. And the one guy was saying like, I'm having a hard time you know, executing on this goal every day. And you know what Jake said? He said, lower your goal, set the bar lower. I'm like, wait a second, Jake, like you're an Olympian. You're telling us to set the bar lower. He goes, yep. Creates momentum, creates success. That's what Josh Spodek is saying. Start low, start small, create success, create habits, build momentum, create that identity that I was talking about earlier. And when you do that, you can go from 10 burpees to 11 burpees a day. You can go from journaling once a week to twice a week or journaling for 
two minutes a day to three minutes a day, right? Start small and build from there. Tim Ferriss, back when I interviewed him, episodes 246 and 247, he talked about, you know, if you layer on all the stuff that you're supposed to do, right? All the morning routines that you're supposed to do that all the gurus tell you you're supposed to do. Like if you layer them all on top of each other, you'll be doing your morning routine until three o'clock in the afternoon. You can't do them all anyway. So why bury yourself in habits that aren't sustainable? Figure out what the habits are for you that are sustainable. Set the bar low and build from there. That was a huge breakthrough for me. That was a huge breakthrough for a lot of the Pathfinders. And I hope that as well as some of these other breakthroughs are huge for you. So again, real quickly, reviewing the seven. Number one, I can do hard things. You can do hard things. What's that scary thing you can commit to? And again, Rourke Denver, I interviewed him, episode 163, I referenced that. Number two, how do you look at challenges? Are you looking at your challenges right now in your life as maybe there's an opportunity in there? Is that bear that just came through camp? Is that fear for you? Is that a setback? Or is that, holy crap, there's a huge opportunity here. Number three, what guides you? What guides you? What's important to you? What drives you? What is your compass for life? Number four, community. People all want to be part of a community. Join a community. Number five, you're not alone. You're not alone. You want to be more consistent or focused or balanced. You want to have a better mindset. You're not alone. This is what high performers want too. Number six, success doesn't have to be suffering. You don't have to suffer to be trying your best. A lot of times people are trying too hard and that's counterproductive. This was the takeaway from Dr. Zinzer. Find your flow state. Hard work versus inspired action. You want to find your inspired action. Sixth and finally is the Sid Shah. Determine your habits, not what you can do on your best day, but what you can do on your worst day. Set the bar low and build from there. I hope you had some great takeaways from this episode. Again, if you can share this with a friend, as always, tell them to check out the latest episode of Success Through Failure. Leave a rating and review. That helps other people find this. Screenshot this episode. Tag me on Facebook. Tag me on Twitter. Tag me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Love to have a conversation with you. Love to connect with you there. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you want to apply these principles into your life, Let's talk. You can see the limited spaces that are open on my calendar at jimharshawjr.com slash apply, where you can sign up for a free one-time coaching call directly with me. And don't forget to grab your action plan. Just go to jimharshawjr.com slash action. And lastly, iTunes tends to suggest podcasts with more ratings and reviews more often. You would totally make my day if you give me a rating and review. Those go a long way in helping me grow the podcast audience. Just open up your podcast app if you have an iPhone, do a search for success through failure, select it, and then scroll the whole way to the bottom where you can leave the podcast a rating and a review. Now, I hope this isn't just another podcast episode for you. I hope you take action on what you learned here today. Good luck and thanks for listening.